Hello, welcome to Cerebral Flex. This is episode 13. It's about Native American history in the United States and uh, Canada, Northern America, um, and all the tribes that were affected by European colonization and manifest destiny. So, um, hello, Jareth. What's How up? How you doing? Uh, you know, just another day. Another day learning about depressing subjects. Hey. I already knew a lot about this one, so uh, let's get into it. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, there's colonization started in the United States, according to uh, textbooks, uh, 1492 to 1763. Um, And that was just a really shady time period where basically they came over and offered goods and services and like acted like they were friends to the indigenous communities that were here and um, slowly over time just took more and more of their land and resources from them. Yes. So let's remember the, uh, the term ontological expansiveness when it comes to colonization. Um, It is not a proven theory, but it is the theory that white people um, think that everything on earth belongs to them, whether it be land culture, resources, um, and and the colonization of the United States um, definitely proves that theory just a little too well. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So obviously Columbus, in the the textbooks, they teach that Columbus is the first person to have found America. That's not actually true. There are a lot of Vikings. that found America even before then. Yeah, um, Leif Erikson, I think. Yes. And I mean, Leif Erikson and the Native Americans, for the most part, seem to have a fairly uh, peaceful relationship. He was um, still trying to push Christianity on them. Yes, that is that is the thing with the Viking nation, especially around that time. They had... um. Oh, I can't remember his name, but there was there was essentially one Viking who was really trying to push Christianity at the time, and he even Christianized all the pagan myths of the time uh, because he wanted to be a king, and that's how you become king. You create a monotheistic type religion. Um, so he was trying to Christianize them. I don't know how. Unfortunately, we don't have good records of that time um, because the Danes and the Vikings weren't the best at record keeping. Um, So we don't have as much uh, information on there. There were some Viking settlements up in Northern Canada, but they, as far as like colonization of the United States, that didn't really begin until uh, Christopher Christopher Columbus's ass got over here and started uh, stealing indigenous peoples and bringing them back to Europe to uh, show off to the, the Kings and Queens of the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, we know that they came earlier than Columbus. And what I was concerned about, we'll we'll talk about Scandinavian Vikings in another episode for sure, because that their whole religious um, history is very interesting from going to, you know, natural gods and paganistic type beliefs to Christianity in some parts and how they were all at war with each other and in, in Norway and, and the different villages. It's pretty crazy. Like I actually watched a video you you watched about different 
Viking civilizations. But anyway, um, yeah, the Native Americans that were um, basically, I wouldn't say eliminated because some are still here, uh, but a large portion were killed and a large portion were forever changed and will never go back to what they were before Europeans came into the situation. So there was the Alouette, if I'm saying that right, Alouette. I'm sorry, I should have looked up the pronunciation, but in Alaska, there's the Algonquin um, that were in current day New York area. Um, in North, where, where North uh, West Mexico um, or Southern Texas area, you had the Apache. There was Blackfoot up in Alberta and Canada. Um, Cherokee spread all the way from Kentucky to Tennessee to Alabama to Southern Carolina. Um, the Cheyenne were in, you know, Wyoming, where like Cheyenne, Wyoming is. Um, Chinook were in Washington State, where Washington State is now. Uh, Chumash was right around San Diego. Cree was um, in Canada, around uh, Saskatchewan, Manitoba area. Um, the Pequot was around like where Rhode Island uh, in New Jersey is. There was the Pueblo which were down uh, where Texas, uh, New Mexico area, Seminole, which I'm sure you know, uh, current day Florida, um, Shoshone in Idaho, Wyoming area. Sioux was uh, from the South Dakota, I think even Montana areas, um, and the Tillamook, Northwestern Oregon. Um, so definitely read about the Native American tribes and how all of them built different housing structures, how their um, civilizations were set up. Um, the Cherokee actually adopted a lot of the European um, ways of life and had a written language and um, a constitution. And a lot of them were bilingual and spoke English as well. There were a lot of scholars in the Cherokee uh, tribe. They um, didn't have to hunt or plant as many vegetables anymore because they relied a lot on trade. Um, but it's very fascinating if you look into all the different Native American tribes that were in the, the, the North American region before European colonization occurred. Um, they're all very fascinating. Uh, Seminole down in Florida, how they had structures, housing structures in, in the um, water and near the water. They're pretty cool. Um, Anyway, so yeah, uh, you know, the Americans came over here, created their own constitution, and they believed in this manifest destiny. They believed it was their God-given right to just expand and conquer and take over people's land. Um, and then by 1830, um, after they had colonized completely, pretty much, um, Andrew Jackson was the president, and he signed into law the Indian Removal Act. Uh, and he kind of went against the Constitution on that one, if you want to look that up, um, because the Supreme Court had ruled in favor of the Cherokee Nation um, because they were smart enough to send a U.S. citizen that was a missionary working with the Cherokee tribe to defend them. And the Supreme Court said, yes, you have rights to your own land. You're your own nation. You are recognized by the U.S. government. And Andrew Jackson went entirely against that and um, said, no, I want them out pretty much screw them. <laughs> and so they just, uh, uh, decided to expand. And earlier you were talking to me about, um, how Britain had a law. Do you want to talk about that law about like 
Yeah. Telling. So before we move on to um, the Indian Removal Act, which yeah, oof. <laughs> um, first we'll talk about um, well, obviously the Spanish came over. So like America in general, Northern and Southern America, the the Spaniards mainly focused on Mexico and South American regions. Um, that's where their colonization happened, and that's. A whole different episode. <laughs> um, what we're going to be talking about mainly is the the British colonization of the Americas, which took place mainly in North America. Um, there was some French colonization as well. You have the French American Indian War, um, but so England came over and they obviously started colonizing what is now the East Coast. Um, a lot of the first states of America formed out of those British colonies that were on North America. Um, and so after they won uh, the Seven Years' War, um, England made a proclamation to the settlers of North America that um, that they would um, they wouldn't colonize any further past the uh, Appalachian Mountains. Um, and it was a royal pl proclamation. And that pissed off a lot of the um, settlers in the East Coast. Um, they wanted to continue their expansion uh, westward. So the Revolutionary War is often, um, it's often misconstrued as like this one thing that England was being an oppressor. Um, which I mean, they England was oppressing the uh, colonizers, but no more than any government oppresses its citizens. Um, so really, what happened was, <clears throat> excuse me. Really, what happened was there was a bunch of pissed off, rich white guys, as happens normally, um, that were irritated that they were being taxed at a certain rate that they saw as unfair. Um, that England had a bunch of sway and say over the colonies in the Americas and that they weren't allowed to um, expand westward because they wanted to move on to better lands. And um, when they wrote the Declaration of Independence, they list essentially the Declaration of Independence is a list of grievances that these rich white folk had uh, against England and their... Um, perceived oppression and one of the lines in here which kind of exemplifies how problematic and racist the forefathers of america were and you can look this up yourself this is an exact quote <clears throat> it says he has excited domestic insurrections among us he meaning the king of england and has endeavored to bring inhabitants of our frontiers the merciless Indian savages, whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. So, right in the Declaration of Independence, one of their list of grievances against the King of England is the fact that uh, he's not allowing them to expand and that uh, the Native Americans, the indigenous people of this country who were here before they came here, are allowed to live along their front. And in there, he calls them merciless Indian savages. Um, he claims that they're 
essentially a blight on the white colonization of the uh, North American hemisphere. And uh, that is very telling for, it's very telling language. And if you actually read the entire Declaration of Independence, it, it just sounds like a bunch of rich white dudes whining and pissing and moaning about, oh, there's certain laws in place. Um, England, by no means am I defending them. Uh, England is one of the world's worst colonizers. Um, the British Empire was, it might have been one of the largest next to uh, Genghis Khan in the Roman Empire. Um, so they obviously were no good either. But um, again, this is all about recognizing our ancestors, where they came from, the policies they enacted that hurt the indigenous people of this land. Um, and it's estimated, if you ever look up how many Native Americans actually died uh, of smallpox, disease, um, being driven out, warfare and all that, um, it was estimated that in 1492, there were 60 million. Um, and after the European invasion, about 95% of their population was completely decimated. Um, as far as living Native Americans today, I would venture to guess, I didn't look that up, but I would venture to guess that it's less than a million Native Americans alive today. So thoughts on that? First, I got to unmute my mic. I got to look that up. How many Native Americans are left? It's like the the 1% of the bear species left. It's like crazy that human beings have been decimated down to such small numbers. And then I think about all the other populations in the world that are treated like that. That's where okay. my mind goes. So but, according to this, today there are over 5 million Native Americans. But you in, said there are 60. States. 60 huh? million. 60? Yeah, that's what you said before 1492. Yeah. Yes, 60 million. Insane. Um, so today it's saying there are over 5 million Native Americans in the U.S. So that's way more than I thought. 78% of whom live outside of reservations. Uh, California, Arizona, and Oklahoma have the largest populations of Native Americans in the United States. Right now. Right now. Because they were forced to walk there. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> it's true. Going back to the Indian Removal Act. We want to talk uh, about that. Just to go back to your numbers, that's only 0.08% of their population left. Really? Is that right? Five divided by 60. I don't know. You're the math was not. I'm thinking that is either way. Um, I'm the math whiz. You're funny. Um, yeah. The trail of tears. You want to get to that Indian removal act that whole time period? Yeah. Where Andrew Jackson was like, Hey, I'm going to like grant you lands west of the Mississippi. Um, and all you tribes can just like, you know, move further westward and let us yeah. do it. And some of the tribes were like, well, okay, I guess. And then a lot of the tribes were like, uh, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> what? No. Um, and it, then they find gold. Isn't that the main reason they found gold on their land? Of course. Yeah. That's the only so, reason they ever expanded westward. I just don't know why our history has to be so gross. <laughs> like, I want to live in a country where the history isn't gross. Is that too hard to ask? And, like, we have all this comfort because of our gross history. 
Yeah. Like we sit on these lavish lives and have showers every day and so many places to eat and all these, our lives are ridiculous now. And it was all on the backs of blood and like misery. And it's hard to feel good about it. Like while you're eating your bacon cheeseburger today, or you're eating your lovely chicken sandwich at Chick-fil-A before you go to the mall, <laughs> you know, just remember all the fucking... off the back of exploitation of workers. Yeah, um, man, that's crazy. Oh, yeah, let's not let's not get into that. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> the world is built on blood and genocide. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think there's a country alive that I know of that um that would be a decent, I guess, decent standard of living that uh, doesn't have a very bloody, sordid history. Ethiopia, baby. They had tribal wars within themselves, but they're the only only country in Africa that was never invaded by Europeans. But but how nice is it to live there? I'm sure it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. That was my point. <laughs> Any place but, that doesn't suck a little bit to live. <laughs> yeah, I know. If you if you haven't been invaded by the Europeans or the or the Muslims, it's it sucks to live there. Yeah. And most of the places that were invaded by Muslims sucks sucks to live. Nothing against Muslims, but most of the Islamist nations are not the greatest. But anyway, yeah, we live in luxury because of European colonization. Yes. And, uh, you know, I smile nervously and laugh nervously at things like this, but it does sadden me. It disheartens me that I live in a country that I'm happy. I'm happy to live here. It's safe, you know, for the most part. I'm in one of the safest neighborhoods in the country for the most part. Um, I can't complain, but then I have to think about how we got here and the more comfortable your life is, you're probably unintentionally or intentionally exploiting more people. And I just think the, the pattern sucks. I want to be proud of this country. That yeah. shit that, uh, Jefferson said in the constitution, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You know, Indian um, savages merciless indian savages and i think i think that a lot of people probably think like there's we <clears throat> i mean you're not incorrect but i think a lot of people would probably misconstrue us as very like anti-american or uh not i i don't think people would see us as very patriotic and i i don't really believe patriotism and national nationalistic tendencies are a good thing to espouse anyway um, yeah, but I don't. Well, no, did I, you I, don't see... hate, I, I don't hate my country that I live in because I, I, I hate I hate the way that they've covered up a lot of the wrongs that they have done. But I don't like hate living here. Like, okay, I, wait, I, wait. I admit that it's a it's a decent place to live as far as, you know, comfort and, and things to do and uh healthcare and all the advancements that they've had. But my, my problem is with the exploitation of not just the indigenous people, but of, of workers in general. Right. Um, so, so my wife posted something that goes right along with what you're saying. So I think there's uh confu there's confusion out there regarding patriotism mm -hmm. and what true patriotism is. Okay. Uh, true patriotism is wanting a better country to live in, trying to improve, always right. trying to improve the country you live in. That is patriotism. Right. So you and I are actually probably more patriotic than most of the Trumpers out there. 
we want a better country for our future. We want a safer place to live. We want to, you know, make it better for everyone that lives here. We want to make more equity, more equality. Um, that is patriotism. So what they are, what they have as an ideation is nationalism. Right. And uh, nationalism, you don't question anything your country does. If your country does a bunch of wrongs, you're still the greatest country on earth. And you go at that number one philosophy with such a fervor that you don't even see, you know, cognitive dissonance. You don't even see the other side of the argument that, hey, no, to be a mature person, even to be a mature and better person, you have to acknowledge your negative traits and you have to improve on that. You can't just keep being negative and toxic and think that you're growing. You're not growing if you're not working out that negativity. Right. You know, if you're verbally abusive to people you love or you go out of your way to make fun of someone else that you know it it hurts their feelings, like but you constantly say you love them, that's toxic. That's toxic behavior. And if you don't work to improve that or better yourself, then you're not loving yourself. So if you're not trying to improve your country, you're not loving your country. You have to work to improve something if you love it. You want to improve your child's health if they're they're not doing well. If they're on drugs, you want them off drugs, right? You're right. trying to improve their quality of life. You're right. not anti-child. You don't hate your child. You right. want what's best for your child. So I hate that argument in this country especially that if, man, it got me all passionate. But <laughs> that, that if, you, if you want to improve the nation you live in, that you are not a patriot, that you are anti-American, that you hate this country because you hate certain qualities and aspects of this country does not mean you hate the country. And it's such a small-minded view, and I, I'm sick of it. And that's what really needs to stop in this country. That, that's the worst thing. You have to work to improve. If you don't work to improve, what are you? Oh, all right. Very you know? nice. Very nice. So, yeah, we're the real patriots. For real. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I feel like the, I feel like the narrative of the Patriot, um, again, well, we're, we're going to, we're going to have to get to it at some point. We're going to have to talk about Reagan and I'm not, I'm not happy or looking forward to that day because he single-handedly has kind of destroyed the country and put us in the political climate that we've been dealing with for now it's almost 40 plus years. Um, so so we'll get to that one eventually with this nationalism versus patriotism bullshit. But we're going to talk about uh, the uh, the Trail of Tears, the Indian Removal Act. Um, members of the Cherokee, Muscogee, Simon, Sim, oh my God. Seminole. Seminole, Chickasha and Choctaw nations, including thousands of their black slaves. Hold your, hold your, hold your opinions on that one, Colin. <laughs> were forcibly removed from their ancestral homelands and the southeastern United States to areas west of the Mississippi River that were designated by the U.S. government as Indian territory. And the reason they did that is because they found gold in uh, Georgia in 18... 28, which led to the Georgia gold rush um, and the trail of tears. I might arguably want to be one of the most famous um, Indian native American wars 
uh, conflicts. I think most people have heard of the Trail of Tears, but I don't think they necessarily know uh, what it was about. So you want to talk? There, about there that? wasn't there wasn't much conflict per se. They rounded up all the the Cherokees specifically and put them into like thirteen different groups of like a thousand each, and yeah. forced them to walk like crazy amount of miles barefooted in the cold westward to Oklahoma. And thirteen died a day, and they had to bury them in shallow graves because the ground was so frozen, and it sucked. It was very, very fucked up. And they'd walk by villages of white people and the white people would come out and stare at them but not say hi, not say anything. And it's just the apathy. Like, you go in, you say, first of all, like I was saying when you were gone for a second, that that um, Andrew Jackson uh, went against the, the U.S. Supreme Court. Yes. In, in the ruling to move them in the first place. The Indian right. Removal Act was illegal. Right. Because um, the Supreme, Supreme Court had, had sided with the Cherokee Nation. And some part, some small percentage of the Cherokee tribe, like, totally did some bitch shit and went against the tribe, like the Treaty Party. There's the Treaty Party and the Ross Party. The right. Ross Party was a majority of the tribe that wanted to stay on their lands. And right. then there's the Treaty Party that was like, no, we should move because they're going to kill us and we're a bunch of pansies, pretty much. And, like, because of that, you know, the president's like, oh, that's justified. Let's go in. And, I mean, what do you, what do you know? What do you know about it? What I know about it is it was, once again, um, a white man in um, corporate interests the military industrial complex in a lesser sense um they decided we have something here and we want to take it and um they forced thousands of native americans against their will to move to lands that um were not um that were actually owned by other native americans um they forced them to walk like you said, barefoot in very, very cold, awful conditions. People would come out and jeer at them or just stand there and stare because Native Americans, they were seen as subhuman. Um, and this is also during a time when white people owned African Americans as slaves too. Like th there was whites and then there was everybody else and everybody. Well, else. no, they, they respected the native Americans a tad more than the black people because look, both of them had slaves. I think the reason that, um, there's the white hierarchy people liked native Americans a little bit more was because there's like, there's, there's always been that narrative and that's why we celebrate Thanksgiving, right? Because, the Native Americans came to the starving people and they taught them how to, you know, plant corn and there was big happy times. And like there was like this that you could already see the uh, the narrative of like the Native Americans welcome the white people with open arms and they had feasts and it was good times. And then the white people proceeded to do what they always do when communities welcome them in Uh they destroy those communities and co-opt them for their own goods. Um, so the Trail of Tears in particular was not only brutal and wrong, but I think it set off a lot of 
the Western Native American tribes started to kind of wake up to the idea of like, they're not gonna stop expanding. Um, which is why you see in uh, American history, and again, let's remember history is always written by the victors. Um, you see Native American tribes, you know, encroaching on white people's territories, doing raids and attacks. Um, you always hear this narrative of like the people who are the settlers who are going westward in their wagon trains and they're depicted like this in the old TV shows and movies, like the Native Americans, they they come out of nowhere and they attack these wagon trains with these families. And the reason that they're attacking these wagons with their families is because they are encroaching on lands that are not theirs. They are the invaders. They are not being invaded. And yeah. that is how that kind of shows just how history itself is is taught in a very wrong light. I just had a funny thought. What's up? Like a like a hippie on tryptamines thought. Okay. <laughs> you ever see a hawk being attacked by one of the small little black birds? I don't know. Well, any any smaller bird because the hawk is like getting close to the nest. That's yes. exactly that's exactly what I thought about. And then the hawk went home and wrote wrote their history. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was just really hungry out that day. And all of a sudden this little black bird just started pecking at the back of my head. <laughs> He was trying to scout me, fucking black savage. Yes. Oh, God. Scalping. <laughs> and I hate that, too. Like, that is another thing that is um, grossly misrepresented in American media, especially, like, the Native Americans were the ones who started scalping. Um, that isn't necessarily true. And also, you can go back and look, and there used to be um, – posters like bring me x amount of native like indian native. scalps yeah. and um we'll give you x amount of money so like this narrative that native americans went around scalping people is just inherently one-sided and false um we did the exact same thing to them who started it first it doesn't matter it's fucked up either way <laughs> but i i doubt that uh any of the the Native American uh, chieftains were like, "Bring me white man's scalps, and I will give you four kernels of corn or something like that." I feel like you should just go for the dick. It's e it's a lot easier to like harvest, if you will. You can yeah, lot, you can. It's a lot harder to uh, to um, take the scalp of a bald man. It's hard to take a scalp. Period. <laughs> you should just take their their dongs. You got a bag of dicks. You can prove that you killed this many men. Yeah, what about for women? You don't kill women. You're you're civil. More civil than killing women. <laughs> That's my. I, why would you kill mothers and children? You're you're fucking savage. Does does someone want to tell the white militiamen who would go into Native American uh, settlements and rape and kill their women and children and kill them? Yeah, all? they just didn't want their future generations after them. And they then they wanted to hide and they wanted to be sick, sick yeah. bastards. And then and then we decided that um we uh we couldn't continue killing women and children. So what we did once we'd finally diminished the Native American population through these wars, because we have to remember, um Native Americans didn't have muskets. 
and guns. They 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 did, but not in the quantities that the U.S. military had. Um, so they were outmanned. They were outgunned. Um, we used <laughs> we used disease against them, like smallpox. That um, is that disease was brought over from Europe. That was a white person's disease. They didn't have the immune system or medicines built up to counteract that at all. So after we had decimated most of the Native American tribes and we started to, I don't know, get more woke, um, we decided maybe we shouldn't uh, kill the Native American children anymore. What we should do is we should put them in these schools and let Catholic priests and nuns beat the savage out of them. 200 years ago, on March 3rd, 1819, the Civilization Fund Act ushered in an era of assimilating policies leading to Indian boarding school era, which lasted from 1860 to 1978. Yeah, they stuffed all the kids in these boarding schools, and a lot of the kids just fucking died. And then they buried the bodies and didn't even tell the parents for, like, years sometimes. Didn't even tell the parents their kid was dead. What the fuck? Yeah. So kids were raped. There's a lot of rape in those schools. Well, yeah, it was run by Catholics. Right? Synonymous? Um, you can you can be upset with me all you want. Um yeah. I don't I don't give a fuck anymore. Does that um, explain Biden's creepy sniffing and talking about children with braids in their hair and talking about kids rubbing his hairy legs? No, I don't want to talk about the pedophile in the White Cause House. Because he's, he's a Catholic, is that why? Is this like inherent in the Catholic religion? Catholicism just breeds rapiness? Mm, no, because there's a lot of uh, pedophilia in uh, every Islamic what? Uh, culture. I bet in every religion, because there's well, men yeah, involved. and then in Judaism you have uh, disgusting. Oh, this is this is gonna be this is gonna be a hot take that this video will never get monetized if we do get monetized. Uh, in the Jewish culture, um, uh, when they when they circumcise you, the priest circumcises you, not a doctor. And then he he sucks the skin oh, off man. his mouth. So there's a lot of pedophilia in most the uh, major world religions. There's the altar boys and girls who get raped by priests. You hear about all the the herpes from that practice? Yeah. Um, there's yeah. Uh, the Jewish religion where you get to literally suck a baby's dick. Um, and there's Islam where, you know, you can have child brides and all sorts of disgusting things. Yeah, no, fun. No, you just, <laughs> your <No>. face. <laughs> so basically going back to the boarding schools instead of sucking baby dick. Um, they might've done that in the boarding schools. We don't know. Fucking A, man. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but yeah, the boarding but schools were to strip them of their culture. Yes. They weren't allowed to speak their languages. Yep. They weren't allowed to see their families. It was the most cold-hearted craziness. Like, I don't know what's worse, like killing a kid or stuffing that kid away from their parents and like forcing them to speak a whole different language they're not used to. And they cut their hair into bowl cuts and taught them, you know, European, new U.S. bullshit history and brainwashed the fuck out of them. I'm going to have a hot take and say that it's better to be dead than be brainwashed. I don't know, man. Ask the Uyghurs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, so obviously the reason that we're, we're talking about the native Americans is, um, well, we did our black mobs one and then 
recently in the past several weeks kind of coinciding with the whole um black lives matter and genocide and enslavement of people um in canada they started uh finding these mass graves outside of these reservation schools um and I think at this point, I, I couldn't find an article today that had the exact number, but I think the last number I heard, it was up to like over 1,300, and that was only at six schools. Uh, Canada has over 100 of these schools. Um, and in the United States, um, there are Native American activists and a Native American congresswoman who's asking for our schools to be um, investigated. And the scary thing about that is that we have over... 200. I think, I think it's close to 300 schools. So if we start investigating those and finding mass graves, which I would assume would be the case, um, it's just more and more of blood and, and genocide. And, and the point of the, these discussions in these series isn't to, again, talk about how bad America is because America has done bad things, but to again start that healing process you have to recognize that you have a shadow and if you can't even recognize that you have a shadow you're never going to begin the process of healing and making reparations um and we're we're not we're not advocating reparations for for people um i personally but think that reparations that, that should be a whole that should be a whole episode i i i personally like just quick little take i think reparations should be made to uh not just uh black people but native americans and and asian people too like we don't ever talk about the world war ii internment camps that asian americans had to suffer through as no. well well no they gave like japanese people in, from those internment camps if they were still alive they got like a measly thirty thousand dollars or some bullshit um um yeah no no but i think what they're waiting for is just for everyone to become mutts and they were like we were gonna pay them but then Everybody's going to be biracial, triracial, quadraracial in a hundred years. That's so, necessarily a bad thing either. I, no, I, I love I, it. I I, I, mean, I, I, I love how. Um, I am a mutt, so you're yeah. a mutt. You're I, a mutt. I, I do love how there is a lot more um, racial, I guess, mixing in the in the genetic gene pool, and like, I mean, people who are, you know just a hundred percent white or a hundred percent black or a hundred percent Asian or whatever. Like there there's, there's beauty in all of it, but especially like when it comes to like biracial people, like they have, they have some pretty beautiful qualities and I, I, I like it a lot. Like just aesthetically, like looking at like people who are biracial, like they're sexy. They are. Jareth, I know you think I'm hot, but you can chill. I wasn't talking about you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm flattered, man. Uh, um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so the boarding schools are all of it's egregious, right? Like it's really bad. All of this is really, really bad. Yep. Boarding schools in particular, they, they bug me a lot because you, you not only are you like as a parent now, obviously, like I, I wouldn't want my child taken from me, but like to take someone's child from them to make them live on these reservation schools under the the guidance of not like a public school system or anything like that, but of like 
strongly religious people. Again, most of them were Catholic. Um, so you have nuns and priests running in. And we all know, especially when it comes to the boomer generation, just how bad and rampant pedophilia was. Um, so not only do you have to think that these priests and these nuns are seeing these children as, you know, savages and and demons that need to have the devil beat out of them. Um, but they're also probably sexually abusing them too. Um, and then the fact that so many died, like at, at the schools in Canada, again, they've only investigated six and they're up to 1300. That's several hundred dead kids at each of these schools. Um, so then you have to ask yourself, like, what, what were they doing that so many kids were dying? Like they were, they had a lot of diseases, um, sicknesses, and they weren't being fed well. Right. And if you read the article, uh, death by civilization by mm -hmm. what is it? Mary Ann Pember. Okay. It was written in March of 2019. Uh, she goes into some pretty graphic, uh, depth on that. Um, the mistreatment that they went through, but yeah, they were, they, they ruined their hair. They wouldn't let them wear their native clothes. They wouldn't let them see their own family. They didn't feed them. Like, it was horrible. Horrible conditions. What was that? Like, what that does to a, a child's spirit, you know? Like, yeah. you're so bright-eyed and happy to live, and then all of a sudden someone does this to you. Like, you have a whole different view of what people are, and how do you trust after that? I don't – like, you hear – if you read about Ukrainian – um orphans for instance i think it was ukraine they had it back in um i should read more about it but i think it was like the 70s mm -hmm. they went and investigated some orphanage i believe it was ukraine either way the kids were so confused that they'd want to hug but then they'd push you away because mm -hmm. like all their life was isolation and living in like no furniture just on a hard floor okay and so, like, their brain was rewired. So I'm wondering how these Native American children psychologically adapted, you know, to the ones that survived. Well. Right. And how many actually made it out, too, if that many were dying? I mean, there had to have been at least a decent portion that made it out. Otherwise, it would be scandalous, more scandalous than it is. I don't know. But is there, if there's anything that mirrors, like, European colonization of North America. It's like the empire in star Wars or something. They are so efficient at evil. We They're still so are organized. We still are like, let's talk about yeah. some very recent things. Um, with the very disappointing Obama administration, uh, and now the very, very disappointing and racist police state Biden administration. Um, we should probably do an episode on that soon too. So many things and discussions to have. Um, but, the uh north dakota pipeline we 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 continue to this day to push native americans out of what little land we give them um and then when we do things like allow pipelines to go through their sacred rivers and stuff like that and then you know the they they weren't even protesting the fact that they were putting i mean they were but they also weren't protesting the fact that they were putting the pipeline through the sacred river but their main concern was that if the pipeline burst it would it would destroy the river and it did um, and then that fucking pipeline <laughs> burst several times several times and and has ruined that river um and it is it is the policy of the united states government um anytime 
they want to do something with native lands, they come in and they relocate them or they move them. Or if you sit there peacefully and they protest, they bring in uh, outside security uh, contractors to come in and beat you with sticks and mace you to drive you off the land uh, so that they can do what they want. Um, and as long as the policy of the United States and the Canadian government is to bow down to the will and whims of corporations um, and oil manufacturers and stuff, uh, this is going to continue to be an issue because uh, big oil companies and well, big companies in general, but especially big oil companies, they don't, they don't care what they do to the environment. Um, and the indigenous people are very, um, I would say like animistic in nature. If you want to know what <laughs> animism is, go back and watch our animism episode, but it's a, it's essentially worship of, of the land and being at one with nature. Um, and so of course they're going to protest that being done to what little land they've given. Um, so as long as we continue this, this, this continuous expansion and growth that we're always talking against, um, this is going to continue happening. Um, we can look into mass graves at boarding schools and stuff like that. And we can talk about the trail of tears and um, all the atrocities that we've committed against the native Americans and bring this to the light. But until the United States government is ready and willing to recognize and pay, pay reparations and give back some of the land to native Americans, um, nothing will change. They'll continue to sit on reservations and anytime they want to build something on that land that they've given them. They'll do another miniature trail of tears and push them out again. Um, and I don't have a solution to that really, other than we're here, obviously. Um, there's a lot of people, especially on the app tip TikTok, that are Native American activists um, that are going around using the word colonizer. And I find that really funny because it really makes white people like really upset um there's even a petition online <laughs> to uh make colonizer the uh the white version of the n-word um well i mean it's 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 descriptive it's very descriptive and i don't think nigger is very descriptive of anyone no it's not it doesn't really mean anything right in context right and yeah. so colonizer is just a nice word that sums up exactly how we got here exactly and we're all colonizers because we all benefit from what happened well then that'll be an argument that i see too like um oh well the indigenous people of native america native america um they they were the first ones here so technically they're colonizers too no that's a dumbass argument it's not the same thing um no. colonization is when you move into an area that already has an established yeah. people and social structure and hierarchy in place. Yeah. Um, so that's the disingenuous argument. And, and didn't most Native Americans come from Asia, like Mongolia region initially, like they migrated by foot when um, Russia was still connected to Alaska current day? That 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 is that is one of the um arguments. Arguments or, or theories. We don't necessarily yeah, know how they got here. But if you just look at them like if you compare DNA wise and like physiologically like yeah. they 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 do share more asiatic features than with any other racial group um like 
if we want to like get into like you know the the shape of their face is a little yeah. bit more round they have right. their eyes are a little bit more um like in for and, forensic anthropology there's yeah. mongoloid negroid and caucasoid yeah so they're they are more they're definitely more mongoloid, mongoloid? Yeah, yeah mongoloid than anything else cuz if even if like like beautiful like native american hair like it it's it's very similar to the texture of like people of asia you know what i mean yeah um so i think that i don't think that they there's no way to really prove how they got there but that is like the theory that they they walked across the ice bridge before it melted um an interesting thing that i learned too was i said there were 60 million i believe uh yeah. native americans here we killed so many that the earth actually cooled we killed so many Native Americans that it actually, the earth dropped a few degrees. That's how many people we wiped out. Um, yeah, because back then that's a large population of how right. many humans were on earth anyway. And to compare, Europe at the time, it was estimated had anywhere from 80 to 90 million people. Right. So you, you wiped out, so you figure that plus Asia probably had similar numbers you you wiped out at least a quarter of the world's population. You wiped out so many people that you cooled the earth for a while. Um, so yeah. Um, but back to the the point of the word colonizer, I think it's a really good and it's a very effective way of describing the, um, the atrocities that have been carried out and continue to be carried out by the United States government. Um, and if you get offended by the word, colonizer or being called a colonizer um there's probably room for self-reflection there because um there's some part of you that uh that part of you that doesn't like that is something you should definitely examine because it might be coming from a place of uh racial motivation i feel like if you're racist you know you're racist no not um, uh. like how do you not know you're racist I don't need, I don't know because I think that a lot of people are passively racist. Um, we're we're gonna get into that on the next episode, but I feel like a lot of people don't recognize that their actions or the language or the way that they approach things is kind of inherently racist. Um, so yeah. we've kind of like broached the subject of, you know, America was founded by the founding fathers who wanted to push the natives out. That is a big part of it. Um, yep. And we're, we're not trying to be one-sided and say Native Americans didn't do terrible things, that Native Americans didn't war with each other, that they didn't take prisoners, that they, they weren't awful in warfare. They didn't do awful things in warfare as well. Awful things always happen in warfare. We're not, we're not trying to um, white knight the Native American civilization. What we are trying to say is that the way that they have been treated by the government since we have gotten here is uh, is is very egregious and wrong. Um, we've we've tried to stamp out and beat the soul out of the Native American population. Um, and as far as what we should do to reconcile that, as what we should we do to reconcile the way we've treated Black people, um, 
I'm sure there are Native American activists who would say everyone should just get out and leave our land alone. Um, and I don't think that is, I'm not saying that it's an unjust thing to say. Um, no, it's a perfect thing to say. It's it, Get it the fuck off the land say, and leave it alone. Realistically, I, I don't know that that is ever going to be something that would be possible or feasible. Right. Um, so then the conversation has to become, if we're not going to just leave and go back to Europe um, because we're dumbass, we're a dumbass teenager nation who, uh, we, if we went back to Europe, we would be laughed at because we're idiots. Well, there's not enough space. And yes, there, there is not enough space. Um, and then also you have to talk about like, what would we do with the, the African-American communities? You, you can't just ship them. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's, it's not an unjust thing to say like you guys should all just get out, but that it realistically, it's just not going to happen at this point with the world population being the way that it is. So then the question has to become, how do we live in a way that is, um, both respectful and observant of the indigenous peoples of this country and recognizing the wrongs we have done and how do we make those reparations to them? I would um, make sure all of their communities are clean and the everyone's healthy and they have enough food and clean water. And I would secure every single reservation that we have in this country and make every single Native American that's still here not have to worry about how to make money, not have to worry about a goddamn thing because they just lost everything, their history, their culture. You know, you can't just go in and erase someone's history and culture and then not giving them anything. That's fucked up. And we should just reallocate our resources and not pay so much towards our military budget and put a little bit of that to make sure all the Native Americans are fine. And while I agree with you, the reason that will not happen is because if they did that, then they would have to do it for everyone because it would prove that they could do it. Um, that's why in South America, whenever there were strong communist social nations, the CIA would go in and supplant them with dictators because they didn't want the U.S. citizens to catch on to the fact like, oh, if other poor countries can do this, the richest country on earth could do this. And that's why that's not going to happen until there's real political change. Um, so I think maybe in our next episode, we could talk a little bit about reparations, but I don't know how much we're going to get into that. Um, because what we're going to talk about on the next one is one that a lot of people are probably going to not like, but Hey, nobody's watching or really listening anyway. So who cares? Um, <laughs> maybe this will be the one that goes viral and blows up. Um, we're going to talk about, God, that would be so bad too, because it's not going to be one of our better ones. We're going to talk about, um, PC culture, cancel culture, um, white savior, self-righteous bullshit. I'm, I'm over it. I'm done with language policing. I'm done with, uh, people canceling people who could be advocates for you. I'm, I'm done with the left driving away whatever type of uh, power it has because it's realized that it's lost because it's all about rhetoric policing and who's more woke than the next person. And we're going to talk about that and how that's detrimental to the cause. And Because uh, how... everybody's at a different stage. You got to let yeah. people grow. And if yeah. you don't listen to people, we'll get into it. We'll, well get into it. 
we're 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 gonna get into it. That one is it's, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a spicy spicy longer one because I'll try to find some articles, but there's nobody that's gonna agree with with how you and I uh, perceive today's current issues. Hey man, um, there's there's seven point eight billion people. There's got to be some other people that agree with what we're about to say. All I'm saying is the more and more that I look at the political spectrum and where things are, the more and more I'm like, hmm, man, that communist manifesto. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. If you go far left enough, because people are always like, people on the left, they don't like guns. They don't like warfare and all that. If you go far left enough, you get the guns and the power back. <laughs> Jordan Peterson would be appalled. Oh, shit. Hey, man, they're, they're celebrating Mao Zedong right now. I know. Because he, he, in the beginning, was making them all independent in China. and yeah. you know he, he did the communist thing, got them away from Russian power and all sorts of foreign power inside their country. Yep. So I mean, taking t- the worker taking back means of production and speaking up for themselves and not being exploited is not a bad thing. But I, I don't think that it lasts very long. Human nature always gets greedy. The money always trickles back up to the top because psychopaths still exist. Anyway, hit the like button, subscribe. <laughs> yeah. So on our next one, we're gonna talk about that and. Uh... If if you like that type of stuff, then uh, stay tuned because there's going to be some spicy memeage on that next one. All right. Love you all. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you guys next week. Take care.